Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. The panel. This morning's panel consists of uh, Alex Chapman and uh, Brad Lewis. Uh, Alex, if I can start with you this morning, uh, Super Rugby and Dane Coles wants the playoffs to be six teams with the top two teams getting a first round bye. A lot of people have said, how can you finish eighth in a, a, a competition with 12 teams and still ease your way into the playoffs? Has Dane Coles got a point, Alex? Yeah, morning, Smithy. Morning, Lewis. Yeah, he absolutely does. And I think the the issue that a lot of people are taking up is that the Highlanders have progressed to the Super Rugby playoffs with just four wins and that the Force potentially could have as well had uh, the maths gone their way on Sunday afternoon. So, you know, the, the, the disparity between first and eighth, I think, is 23 points between the Blues and Highlanders heading into Saturday's game at Eden Park. And that's, that's massive, man. That, that, that's four, uh, five wins plus potential bonus points in those wins. That's, that's huge. So you could look at the Highlanders' record and say, yeah, they had a couple of close games, but I think if we look back to last week, there was criticism that the Blues fielded a, I guess we could call them a C team, against the Waratahs at Leichhardt Oval, and we potentially wouldn't have had that. Maybe a few players would have got left behind, but if if you go to a top six format, then you give the Blues and the Crusaders this week off, which means the likes of your big names, Bodenbera, RTS, whoever you want to say, with the Blues, potentially would have gone to Sydney last week. You would have had a better game against the Waratahs in terms of a spectacle and bigger names at the ground. And, yeah, I think it just makes sense, to be honest. Split it in half. Okay, good good thoughts. Good thoughts, Alex. Uh, Good morning to you, Brad. What do you think about the whole deal? I'd go one more and say um, replicate the NRL from the great eras of the 90s and the 80s and, and go for the top five. If you look at that now, it'll be the Blues, Crusaders, Chiefs, Brumbies and Hurricanes who have been the five best teams this year. Um, the Waratahs would just miss out as would the Reds. But I just, you know, you, you give the you give the um, you give the top team the week off, and then the other four play. Um, it's just it was a it was a really really good system. It worked, um, and I know back in the day when it went to the top eight, um, a lot of people criticised of that. And with twelve teams and eight of the teams getting into the playoffs, it's ridiculous. And I think even half the teams getting into the playoffs is a little bit silly as well. Um, I, I think top five would work great. It would. It would make for a more exciting playoff system, and it would really, it would, it would make uh, you probably would have, you know, it would make a, a much bigger uh, thing of, of finishing top of the table. So you get that week off, um, you can rest and um, watch the other teams play. I think four plays five with the um, uh, loser eliminated, and three plays two with the winner playing one the week after. So uh, that's how I, that's how I do it. 
Brad, as it exists, we have to live with it this year. So uh, going into this weekend, uh, do, you, do you see any? Do you see any upsets within those four groupings now? Um, as a uh, long-suffering blue supporter, Smithy, uh, the Highlanders probably not the team I'd, I'd want to play. I'd rather be playing an Australian side, to be honest with you. Uh, so that that one banana skin game this week. The Highlanders only have to get up for that one game, right? Like, they've had a pretty poor season. Um, they can really focus on, on that one game. So so there's that game, and when you look at some of the Blues players, their top players having the week off, will they be a little bit light? I don't know. They're obviously well coached. But but that's probably the one game that I see. I think the Brumbies and the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes have a really good chance of, of winning that one. So, yeah, I, I, as a Blues supporter, that's just me being a pessimist. I would say that could be the banana skin game this week. Okay, Alex, what about you? Uh, like you, Smithy, I enjoy a flutter, so I don't hate the um, nine and a half points being offered for the Waratahs against the Chiefs. Um, no Sam Kane potentially for the Chiefs. I, I think probably likely, though, all home teams win. Yeah, the Brumbies are on a three-game losing streak, but I can't see the Warat- uh, the Hurricanes getting up against them. The Waratahs are, are, are a tough team, let's be honest, and Michael Hooper is playing, as we expect from him, some fantastic footy, and they're being led well around the park. So, um, And I'm yet to really be impressed by the Chiefs, to be honest, apart from one or two games. So, yeah, that, that would be the couple... Un- I'm actually really confident as a Blues fan, which I find absolutely terrifying. Like, I, I don't like how confident I am. It's like when I'm confident about the Black Caps movie. I, I just feel so foreign as such a long-suffering fan that I, I'm not comfortable about it. But I'm not actually too worried. This is going to bite me back. I know. It's going to happen. Uh, well, I've got to say, they won, the, they won this comp basically last year, the Trans-Tasman one. They won that one. Uh, they're leading this year's version of it, uh, and they're good for it on, what, 12 in a row? We're looking for 12 in a row. Fantastic. I, I, I would have forever, uh, going back to the, what, the late 80s, 90s, when they had the great uh, side back in those days. Uh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good, fellas. It's uh, 10.30 here on SENZ. We'll be back shortly with Alex Chapman and Brad Lewis. We've got cricket to talk about, Warriors to talk about, and how about a bit of vintage tennis, Nadal against Djokovic? Interesting at the moment. Big opinions, the panel. Yes, it does. Live test cricket with us here on SENZ, and that's what I'd like to talk about now with uh, Alex Chapman and Brad Lewis. Uh, Alex, uh, we've uh, looked a lot about the combinations. Uh, I'll get your input on that as well. But the, also the problem they seem to have is that they... They're struggling to sell tickets. Normally it's a, it's a hot item, the Lord's Test match, but Michael Vaughan has slammed Lord's ad, uh, administration for astronomical prices. Uh, and I think, uh, Alex, we can relate to that. Did I see £100 for a ticket? Or at least, at least 100 quid, yeah. That's farcical, man. Like, at a time when they, let's be honest, they aren't really attracting the public, and that's why they've created programs like The 100. Um, and, and they're losing very badly and not playing enjoyable cricket. This is when you have to be capitalising or looking to capitalise on this new system that's coming through. You have a new captain, you have a new coach. This is when you should really be opening your doors and welcoming in and engaging with fans wherever possible and not making this farcical, inexpensive 
item because let's be honest, that's the exciting thing. Even as a Blackcaps fan, you look at this England team with Stokes in charge, with McCullum at the helm, knowing that Broad and Anderson are back, a couple of young players coming through, Potts looks fantastic, and, and you should be just saying we're going to be playing fun enjoyable, relatable cricket. And that's what Brendan McCullum was really about as Black Caps captain, was going back to that waking up on a Saturday morning, opening your curtains and praying that it's not raining because you want to go and play the game you love. And that's what these players are about. They need to be relating back to the fans. And the only way of doing that is getting them into stadiums. Interesting. Uh, Brad, uh, what's your feeling on that? I mean, uh, over there they say you can't afford to compare the pound to the New Zealand dollar. You wouldn't go out the front door if you if you live that way. So even if you live pound for dollar, hundred bucks for one day at the uh, cricket in New Zealand, hundred pounds in England. How do you feel about that? Got a couple of mates in the UK, Smithy, and um, they they were looking at tickets at around 160 pound, uh, which is just ridiculous. I mean, we don't compare it, but that's about 300 bucks, right? So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't pay that to go and watch um, the reincarnation of the 1992 uh, Young Guns, uh, you know, despite the fact that you'd be part of that team. Uh, but, yeah, look, um, you know, Christopher Luxon's phrase, the old cost of living crisis, uh, that is, without getting political, that's happening all around the world. I mean, you know, the new Australian Prime Minister won an election based off that. And to, to have those sort of prices when it's not an ashes test, let's be honest, it's, you know, yes, it's the world champions who are struggling in the test world championship and an England team that is completely rebuilt under a new coach, um, it just it seems a little bit um, out of whack for me. Uh, 160 pound, no thanks. And as Chappie said, I wouldn't pay 100 pound. Like it just, um, yeah. I know it's the home of cricket. Uh, it's Queen's birthday weekend. They're doing some special stuff for that. But at the end of the day, it's a game of cricket, right? And it's um, it's a mm-hmm. test match. It's it's the it's the it's a new era of English cricket. They should be welcoming in fans with with cheapest chips tickets for me um, for this test match. Having said that, fellas, I wouldn't be surprised to see it sold out on the first two days. There you go. I've, I've seen a little bit of this before, and, and um, to be honest, it's it's very, very expensive to look at buying a Test match ticket. I think they only sell the four, first four days these days anyway and leave the fifth one hanging there. But um, I, I think the first two days, um, it's, if it's compelling cricket and England are doing well, you can expect the attendance to be pretty cool. Uh, I don't know about the Warriors, though. Um, the attendance of their games, um, particularly when they come home, is on the is on the line now because they need some performance. So, uh, Brad, I look at the the side, uh, the likely side this weekend: Wade Egan and Bailey Surinam back in the lineup. Rocco Berry starts at centre. Can they break that losing streak? It's four games now. Well, the fact is, until the names Josh Curran and Adam Fanua Blake get added to that forward pack, then I can't see them winning too many games of football, um, Smithy. Those two were influential in all of the Warriors' victories this season, uh, for the most part. Anyway, Josh Curran's been sorely missed. He's such a flexible player. He can play 80 minutes at any, you know, he's, um, Jazz is doing a great job, don't get me wrong, in his absence. But, um, Curran, Curran is a key part of that team. And look, Manly have been pretty awful by their, um, high standards this year as well. Um, but the Warriors just, you know, They've been in every game bar the Melbourne game, right, which they got absolutely played off the park. And then even then it was, was pretty close at halftime. They were, they, they were leading against the Dragons. They were leading against the Knights. They just seem to have second-half blues, and I don't really know where, you know what they can do to get over this. Um, you know, Nathan Brown sounds exactly the same every week. Oh, we've got three or four players that are sort of leading the team down, and it's a different three or four players every week. And I just don't know if he's inspiring this team. And it doesn't matter who we bring in. Rocco Berry's been very good this season, but 
but is he going to make the difference? Probably not. Um, Manly's due a really good performance. They will be without um, Turbo Tom, but um, I think they pro- they'll probably have enough in the bank to get the job done. Um, I think the good thing for the Warriors is that that game at Mount Smart in a couple of weeks is sold out, right? So we're pretty close to it anyway. So, um, But they might go to that game on the back of a seven or eight game losing streak, which would be disastrous. Mm. Yeah, they might be scalping him outside the front gate, if that's the case, uh, to be fair. Brad, Alex, what about you? Um, would you pay top dollar for a Warriors ticket, and what do you feel about this weekend? <laughs> uh, it's the hope that kills you. It, it's the hope that every season... And we're talking about being long-suffering Blues and Blackcaps fans. Gosh, it's, it's torturous at times for the Warriors, isn't it? I, I suppose those players coming back is a boost, but like, to be honest, it's the first day of June. We're halfway through the season. I'm, I'm, I'm almost at the point of being ready for the Warriors to just wrap things up for the year. They're, they're not playing attractive footy. They're a mess off the field. It's it's just not enjoyable. And sport is supposed to be an escapism. And it's, it's not at the moment. Like You want to be escaping from the Warriors. You don't want to be escaping from life to watch the Warriors. I, I hope those returning players make a difference. And I'm clinging on to the fact that it is only manly, but, man, they, they just need to start winning. Mm, they do need to start winning. Here's one I, I, and I've got to get you guys to think on your feet about this one because news has just come through this morning uh, that the Christchurch Stadium, now they've pushed the likely uh, completion date out to 2026, right? Uh, that's a long way away. Um, they've also now announced, the developers have announced that the budget will now have to be increased by $150 million. Total price tag now... 6.73 I've got to ask you guys uh, is this becoming less and less a viable prospect for the Canterbury people I'll start with you Alex It's a joke, it's farcical it's um, you could probably use a lot of expletives to describe this and yeah, I, it's not often I, I give a tip of a hat to the Cantabs, but the Cantabs do sport better than any other region in this country. And the fact that they don't have a world-class facility and a world-class stadium in their city or in their region is an absolute joke. They're robbing them of the chance to support their teams, for the chance for youngsters to get to see their heroes in action. And the stadium they've got at the moment, I, I've never been to, but speaking to some people that have been involved in the stadium, the likes of um, Brian Ashby, who Brad and I worked with for a, a long time, just calls it a, a cold concrete jungle. And that that doesn't sound enjoyable. Like It's kind of funny going to some stadiums when they're not that great, but you don't want to be going there every week or every two weeks like Cantabs have, have had to for years. So this is, yeah, it's, it's poor. It's really, really poor, and I feel for them. And I never thought I'd say that. Feel for the Cantabs. <laughs> uh, Brad, honestly, yeah, yeah it is, it's not the ideal, to be perfectly honest, mm-hmm. but I don't think for one one minute that they, the Canterbury administrators of rugby, etc., down there, thought that they'd still be playing in it in 2026. It wasn't built for that period of time. No, and and look, Chappie hit the nail on the head. I mean, they've, they've got a great cricket venue right at the moment in Hagley Park, um, but they need, you know, for, for having, you know, the arguably the best club rugby side in the world, the All Blacks, uh, you know, they need to have 
um, a great facility. They deserve it. I'm like Chappie, you know, never much to give credit to the Cantabs, having been stuck in newsrooms with a whole bunch of sycophants in my life. But uh, uh, yeah, they they deserve a great stadium um, for for their fantastic rugby team, and they they are the best supporters in the country. Uh, at the end of the day, they stick through that team through thick and thin. I know they've had some great times uh, in the last sort of 15 years, but even if they were only winning six or seven games a season, you'd still get um, a packed house there every week. And um, something needs to be done about this. I don't know how it's going to be done. I don't know who can step in to, to make a change, but they need a world-class stadium that deserve it. And, you know, we're talking about this now. We're still probably looking at five to ten years before it's even close to being built. You know, so like that's a, that's almost a 15, 20 year turnaround from the earthquake, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely is. Uh, just uh, quickly finish on the tennis. Natal Djokovic, fellas, it's, uh, it's Djokovic serving for the fourth set. So that'll be two sets apiece. Uh, looking like that'll be the case. Um, does it French Open grab you? I mean, this is uh, what a quarterfinal round. Djokovic and Nadal. Is it? Does it grab you? The, uh, I'll start with you, Brad. Does it? Does the French Open grab you? This game has because it's the two, you know, outside of fear of the two greatest players of the last 20 years. So I've been watching this uh, all morning. Uh, big Rafa fan, always have been. So hoping he gets the job done. Just, I don't know, man. I don't know about you guys, but there's just something about Novak I've never been able to sort of like, you know, like just the way he goes about it himself. It's, it's not an, the anti-vax thing or anything like that. It's just the way that he goes about himself, always sort of feigns injury in the middle of games when he's struggling and it's never been a fan. But look, um, before today, I hadn't been interested in the French open at all and I only knew that these I work in a sports newsroom or a newsroom and I, I only knew that these guys were playing uh, sort of 24 hours ago that they were destined to sort of meet so um, I've been watching this this morning um, but to be honest with you I haven't really been grabbed by the French Open at all uh, don't know why just uh, yeah just uh, Wimbledon I'll watch for sure when, when that's on but the French Open's not for me yeah, one of it's the clay surface, Alex. I, I'm a little bit the same, I've got to be honest, but uh, I'm also very glued to this one. So what's your feelings on it? I uh, agree with Brad about Novak, uh, and I've actually heard Lewis say a lot stronger thoughts. That was very reserved for you, my friend. Well done there. Um, <laughs> I think as, as Kiwis, we're always going to be more drawn to the Australian Open more than anything because it's that whole... Um, you know, it gets to nine o'clock at night, and you had a couple of beers in the middle of summer, and you've still got the windows and doors open. Whereas the French Open doesn't have the best timings, uh, but it is great being able to what are we quarter to eleven and, and be watching tennis and two of as Brazilians, two of the absolute greats. And I just hope Rafa can come out and blitz him in the fifth set here. I enjoy it. I, I, I always enjoy all of the the, the Grand Slams. Alex Chapman there and Brad Lewis they have been the panel this morning thank you very much gentlemen for your considered thoughts on those various issues that we uh, had a look at this morning we'll have another one the same time tomorrow morning folks with two new panellists when making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese tomato and aioli so we doubled it chicken and Macca's together and loving it ba-da-ba-ba-ba available after 10.30am for a limited time only